Ladies and gentlemen, happy hump day. It's Dave Nielsen, of comic host of Bachelor Nation News, and we've got a lot of content to get to you today. Last night, we had the Bachelor in Paradise emotional finale, and we've got so many updates to get into regarding what Johnny DiFilippo had to say about the ending of his engagement and Logan's absolute evisceration of Kate Gallivan. This and so much more coming up next. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bachelor Rush Hour. As promised, we have so much to get into from last night's episode. I've got four different videos that I made on YouTube. I'm going to play three of those videos audio in this podcast. And I'm also going to give you guys an original recap, which I did not include on the YouTube channel today. So the Bachelor in Paradise recap. I'm going to basically recap for you guys everything that doesn't include Johnny Filippo and Kate Gallivan and Logan and those two storylines because we will be covering those um, exclusively here on the podcast. So let's jump right into it right now. If you listen to the YouTube channel, you know I take notes, read them back to you, no edits, no jump cuts, and we jump right in. We start with Logan's storyline. Again, I'm going to be covering this shortly, but uh, he pretty much says that um, he, you know, he, he basically explains where he was thinking and saying Shanae should, uh, you know, feel comfortable in pursuing other relationships, even though he didn't want her to. So that whole storyline we're about to talk about in, in the upcoming minutes here. So hold off on that one. Let's jump over to NC. The NC storyline with Rodney. At the reunion, NC says she is sad and disappointed and wishes it all went differently. Rodney says specifically that he said, if you don't know it's me, go on the date. So it's a semantic thing. So Rodney said he didn't want her to go on a date with Justin, but she went on a date and in hindsight, she's like, well, you should have stopped me. And he's saying, I did. And the crowd pretty much cheers for him. He didn't want to be toxic and controlling, he says. She says all she wanted was for him to tell her no. And he says, wasn't it enough? I told you I didn't want to go. I didn't want you to go. And then the whole crowd cheers for him. Then we have Genevieve joining Jesse on the hot seat. Now, in any other season, Genevieve and Aaron might be the biggest storyline, but it didn't even make the news today. Genevieve says she takes full accountability for being emotionally reactive, takes full responsibility. Then Aaron says he was prideful, foolish, and wasn't kind. He calls it a failure and apologizes. That's the end of their conversation. And what we have from Genevieve today, she tweeted, I didn't ask about the two women that he was dating before going on to the beach because I only found that out recently. So their conversation would have gone more uh, very differently if she had known that Aaron was pretty much seeing other women, but both before and after his time on sand. So then we have Tyler joining the hot seat. He explains that he's no longer with Brittany. Tyler says Brittany dumped him on FaceTime from Italy. He also says that was the day Rachel dumped him on TV. So rough day for Tyler. Brittany joins to share her perspective. She comes in pretty hot, both physically and emotionally. She looked gorgeous. She says she wanted a break. And then he didn't accept her boundaries. She said she wanted a break, and then he was Snapchatting her and sending her messages. So then Tyler says he reached out to Brittany after her mom sent him something on Instagram. He said he went on a month without hearing from Brittany. So what what Brittany's mom sent to Tyler, nobody knows. My guess, if I had to make an assumption, it was that she wanted to make sure that Brittany was okay. Like maybe the mom thought that the relationship could have worked out. But either way, Brittany 
had basically planned to go to Europe and Tyler was like, Hey, I'll go with you. And she's like, no. And then she gets to Europe and she's like, um, Hey, it's over. So a lot happening in Italy this season. They should have just filmed in Italy. Michael, uh, you know, maybe do a group date at the tattoo parlor. I don't know. Ciao. Michael tells Sierra that he didn't give her the closure she deserved. He apologizes for hurting her. Danielle says she's moving to Akron, Ohio, not to live with Michael, but moving into the same city. Michael tells Danielle he loves her and she is shocked. And it's like, Danielle obviously loved Michael because she moved to Akron, Ohio. Why would you move to Akron, Ohio if it ain't for love or a high paying job? No offense to Akron, Ohio, but no one's like, boy, I can't wait to leave this beautiful Mediterranean coastline in Italy and move to Akron, Ohio. All right. Just kidding. Love our friends in Akron, Ohio. She says, by the way, I'll be in Cincinnati, Ohio tonight. If you're listening to this, I want to come to my show at Go Bananas, 7 p.m. Cincinnati tonight. Wednesday night, hump day. Saturday night, I'll be in um, Newport, Rhode Island for my stand-up show. It's probably sold out by now. There's probably a few tickets left. You can go buy tickets at uh, Rejects Beer uh, Brewery Company. Um, there's a link in the comment section of this podcast if you want to buy tickets to my show Saturday in Newport, Rhode Island. So anyway, Sierra says, or Danielle says she told him that she loved him, but he had never responded with it. He wasn't ready. He had only told his late wife that. So when Michael tells Danielle on stage that he loves her, it's a very powerful moment for everybody. And you can really see Danielle's surprise that he got there. So very serious moment for them. I included the Sierra apology. Sierra reacted to Caitlin Bristow's apology. Uh, she didn't accept it, but she reacted to it. That video I have on YouTube right now, if you want to check it out. I won't have that clip in this podcast. So then every king has a powerful queen. Johnny proposes to Victoria Fuller, and that whole situation blows up in their face. Uh, we're going to get into that shortly, but I wanted to make sure there's nothing else. Oh, and then we had Brandon and Serene, obviously the most unproblematic couple, the worst kept secret, their love story. He gets on a knee and says, Serene Brooke, Brooke Russell, will you make me the happiest man to walk this earth? Will you marry me? She says yes. She says yes. Jesse says that Brandon says he would marry her today if he could. So then Jesse says that last night he became ordained. He says, Brandon and Serene, do you want to get married right here, right now? And don't get me wrong. Getting, the process of getting ordained, uh, my wife, Tasha, married some friends as an ordained minister. It's like, you know, you go to the Universal uh, Life Church or whatever, pay 50 bucks, and next thing you know, you're a minister. Not to say that, I mean, not to say, you know, you could also, uh, you know, also maybe spend years in seminary and learn how to be a, a Catholic priest. That's another way, or you can just Google it and pay the money. All right. Well, that's my recaps. Now we're going to dive into the nitty gritty. Our first video is Kate apologizing to Logan. Um, and I have it on good accord that our apology stunk. Um, she pretty much is just trying to save face, but I'm going to share this whole clip for you guys because not only did I get emotional, but you can tell, you can tell from the energy of this video that I really feel like Logan took the high road as he pursues a life worth living. Have a listen. Kate apologizes to Logan, but not after he absolutely bodies her, eviscerates her, tells her how it is, and really comes off shining. I could have never imagined Logan would come off so good. Not only is he charming and funny, but he absolutely knows his lane and he just attacks from it. So I'm going to read the transcript that what he said on last night's Bachelor in Paradise and then her apology, which came weeks after that. She didn't apologize right away. She played into the game. She played the villain and now she's feeling burned. She's turned off comments on Twitter and you guys have let her know how you 
you feel about classism. Now, a lot of people think I rail on on politics, but a lot of my issues really deal with the class system. Uh, left or right, it doesn't really matter. It's billionaires versus the working class. Of course, sadly, last night we saw a tragedy play out at a billionaire's store a Walmart, a store that's owned by the Walton family who are worth billions and their employees barely make minimum wage. They live off of subsidies from the government. It's really socialism is what it is because they don't have enough pay that they don't have health care and it takes people with mental health problems and takes it to the nth degree. Of course, we saw a tragedy play out there. How do I relate that back to this story? Well, it's classism. That's all it is. It's somebody who's worth more money, Kate Gallivan, or, or, or worth a lifestyle that's worth more. And she uses material goods to judge Logan. And then she says, oh, it's not about the car. It's not about this. It's just about your aura. So Logan says, no, no, no. I worked really hard to get to where I am. And I'm super proud of that. And I can't help but feel like Logan speaks for a lot of people, including myself, including myself, who feels like, I worked really hard to get where I am. I could, you know, Logan could have been a realtor like Kate is. He probably could have made big commissions like Kate does, but instead he pursued a creative art that doesn't pay off right away. And it involves a lot of sacrifices. We'll get into that right now. Do me a favor, follow me on uh, Bachelor Rush Hour, my new podcast. It's been out for less than a month. It's doing great. It's got something like 40,000 downloads, hundreds of reviews. I appreciate everyone for being a part of that community. I do have to say, though, real quickly with regards to Bachelor Rush Hour, I appreciate all the positive reviews. We're getting so many, but I, the negative reviews can be kind of confusing to me. Someone said, wanted to pop this one while cleaning to get my bachelor gossip fix. That's what this is supposed to be, right? I do not care about Dave's opinion on the Twitter, Elon Finasco. I'll say this. It, my, the, the Bachelor Rush Hour is a podcast where I play all of or most of the different YouTube clips on audio format, but I'm also going to interject like a five or 10 minute intro that includes other news I see interesting. That way it's fresh content for the YouTube audience that can go watch the pod, that can go listen to the podcast and vice versa. So just please leave it with, I mean, the people that I thought this would be X, Y, and Z and it's not, it's, does it, does that mean it deserves a two out of five stars? No, just go on, find, go find clickbait if you want nothing but Bachelor propaganda. I incorporate the world as it not only mixes with Bachelor Nation, but how it mixes with me, a member of Bachelor Nation. So if something big is happening in the world, you're damn right I'm going to talk about it. The only other negative reviews have been people who don't like my political points of view, which I can totally understand because people can't hear anything but what they want to hear. All right, let's get into this story. We have her apology. Logan dunks on Kate. Where do we even begin? Let's start with Logan's outfit. He looks like he's uh, about to sell something on Shark Tank. He's like, for 20% of my company, I will stare you down. Please enjoy this terrifying image of me moments before the reunion. Uh, relax, I just want to take some pictures. What, what what the pizza rolls see through the microwave door. There he is. Of course, Logan did nothing but rock it. He, uh, he trimmed the beard. Um, Bachelor takes his. Logan's response was great. I'm so glad we all got to see him in a different light. He will always be him, and I have mad respect for him. If you haven't been caught up on the story, Kate uh, basically told every single person on the beach except him that uh, she doesn't know if she wants to be with a guy who drives a Nissan and can't afford an Equinox. Now, in Kate's defense, I've mentioned this before. It's kind of like how Thomas would always comment on his height. He's like, I'm six foot eight. Thomas used it as like a crutch, like as an icebreaker. Oh, I'm going to talk about my height. Kate 
Kate's way of relating to these other women, as far as I'm concerned, like to give her the biggest benefit of the doubt that I could is to is to be like, oh, yeah, I need a man who can take me on a yacht. I need a man who can take me to Ibiza. I, oh, oh, so funny. You go, girl, like that type of vibe. That's how I took it. Now, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Truth is said in jest. That's what she wanted. And she was nervous that uh, Logan wouldn't be able to live up to her lifestyle. Right. So here's her apology. Uh, and again, this apology comes days after making fun of the fact that she was in Cabo and Logan uh, couldn't afford going to Cabo. Uh, and Logan said, actually, I can get to Cabo with my Costco uh, travel card. You know what I mean? So Log uh, it, it could have been a scenario in which she was trying to uh, diffuse a situation with humor, but it, was, it came off like a double down. Look, I'm giving her every benefit of the doubt. You know me. I'm trying to see this from all sides, benefit of the doubt. But it's not stopping her from getting roasted. So she's got it set so that the, basically all of Bachelor Nation could hear her criticize Logan for not being able to afford her. And when it comes to dealing with scrutiny, she basically turned her comments off. She said, in light of the reunion tonight, I want to speak directly to you all. I deeply apologize for the classist things that I said on Bachelor in Paradise this season. I was shocked when I saw the show myself and I cringed just as much as you guys did watching it back. If I could take it back, I would. I've apologized to Logan, but want to extend that apology to anyone who may have been offended by those comments. I have nothing but respect for Logan and the rest of the cast, and I'm still so grateful to have gone on the adventures with him. So just let's define classism right here. Define classism. Let's just see what we have. Um, prejudice against or in favor of people belonging to a, a particular social class. Okay, so that's really what it comes down to is like her looking down on him. And the commenters did not see this as a good apology. I was shocked when I saw the show myself. Girl, how? These aren't one-off comments you made. They were the entirety of your issues with Logan and the crux of your many, many jokes about him. She's trying so hard to distance herself. Uh, right there... She just put an Instagram story two days back about how Costco card cannot afford a trip to Cabo. This was months after the show aired without any edit. Fakest apology if there ever has been one. Something tells me she is not going to come off well tonight and she's trying to do preemptive damage control. I will translate. I'm getting negative comments online and none of the opportunities I wanted. So I guess I will apologize for something I said multiple times. See if this helps. She started with, I was out of line and steamrolled right into, but that was private talk with my girlfriends. Okay, so that's exactly what went down. She tried to defend herself. Now I'm going to share with you the screen grab of what I write. These are just the notes I take while I'm watching the show. Kate Gallivan speaks. Jesse calls out her concerns about financials. Kate addresses Logan directly. She said the way her concerns came across were out of pocket. She says she was vocalizing those concerns to her girlfriends in private and didn't want him to hear. Logan says we were miked. There were cameras around. So this is Kate basically, like I've said before, falling on the whole, no, it was just locker room talk. This is how locker room talk works. Oh no, this is how just girls talk when they're at brunch with their other girls. Maybe, maybe girls get around and go to brunch and talk about the penis sizes of their boyfriends. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. That doesn't even offend me. Not one, not, not whatsoever. But she knew he was going to hear this and she wasn't able to adapt to the filmmaking situation. Um, kind of like, you know, when people like Brendan Moraes are caught on a hot mic, it's like, yeah, you probably do talk about your Instagram followers uh, when you're not on camera, but this was a chance, like, you got exposed. That's just what happened. Logan, uh, Kate says it wasn't about the car or gym membership. It was symbolic of something bigger that was lacking, bigger being a checking account, maybe a, a Roth IRA, you know, whatever. And again, you can make a you can make an argument that Kate was valid in wanting a guy 
who was at the same socioeconomic or financial level as her. You could make you could make that valid argument. The way she came across, though, was looking down upon him. It wasn't just a transactional argument. It was a holier than thou. I want somebody who can afford uh, to spend a hundred thousand dollars on their pet. If they, you know, that type of deal. So here's what Logan said, and this is a rough translation that I typed out. Logan says, and he and, and he says this to her from his heart. You can hear the you can hear the 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 voice almost crack a little bit because it's true. It's genuine. Logan says, four years ago, let me, you know, and this might even, you know, this might warrant some music here. Put a little bit of this on. Four years ago, I moved to Southern California with nothing but my car, and I wanted to work in film. For a while, I was a scuba instructor. I walked dogs to get by. I did whatever I could. I ended up building an amazing career using a camera. It took a long time. And she made fun of me for it. She tried to humiliate me for it. I wish you did say it to me. It would have cleared things up and I would have explored other things. It would have showed me who you are. Logan for president. Okay, guys, come on, right? Logan nailed it. He had time to really think about this. He had, And you know what? Here's the thing. A lot of concerns that happen in Bachelor Nation, we play this like gender divide, like, well, team men, team women, team Greg Grippo, team Kate. Like we go back and forth because we can empathize with uh, people based on, uh, we. well, the, the truth is uh, humans empathize with people easier based on gender or skin color or class system. So, so if someone's in your class, blue collar, whatever it is, you can empathize with them because you know what they go through. So we have an audience full of people that understand the struggles that Logan has gone through because it's a tough time out there for the, you know, in the, in, in the, just the economic, you know, in economics, right? It's a tough time out there for people. You know, my generation is the first to make less than our parents. Um, the, the, uh, the, uh, the household, we're, uh, my generation is saving 80% less than our parents did at this time. It's a tough time out there, a very tough time for a lot of people. So I think a lot of people, could feel the feelings that Logan is feeling saying, I worked my ass off for that Nissan. Guys, I drive a 2004 Toyota Matrix. Two of the door handles don't work, <laughs> you know, three. 40% of, I have five, including the trunk. Two out of my five door handles work. I am so grateful that my car has air conditioning. I'm so grateful I can show up and talk to you guys and get paid by Google and YouTube and have an audience. I don't take one iota of everything that I've earned from this channel and from everything else I do with a grain of salt. I'm doing a stand-up show in Cincinnati tonight uh, in front of who knows who, you know, uh, probably not even making enough to cover the cost of my beer. Like I, I take so much pride in every creative pursuit I do. And it makes you wonder, does Kate not value or is she unable to see all the things that Logan has done to get to where he is? That guy is a fighter. Okay. And we need to embrace fighters. Let me, for anyone out there who's on the fence with somebody, take the person who took the road less traveled, the path less traveled, take them because they're fighters. Okay. They're pursuing a life that wasn't given to them and they're working their ass off for it. And that type of person will succeed against all odds. Those are the people you want to invest in. Not somebody who can just like make a giant commission because they have a good jawline and they can sell houses. That's fine too. But is that really more valuable than the arts? We just live in a world where a lot of people don't value a lot of things because the payday might not be there. And speaking of payday, you're going to get your money out of this episode. The next clip, we have Johnny Tells All. He was on the Almost Famous podcast. We're going to share all the pertinent things that he said on that podcast 
just after this bit, but I want to let you guys know there's one more video that I'm not including in this podcast episode, and that is what Victoria said today, and that is uh, the things that Nick Vile had said on his podcast. I'm going to save that for you guys to watch on YouTube because you're going to have to see my reaction to it all. Nick obviously takes... Victoria's side in it all, but they have a premise that I reject. The premise being that what's too soon to break off with someone if they call you the bad word, the C word. And of course, it's a little bit more complicated than that, as Johnny has um, said he never called her that. And uh, we also talk about the other aspects of the Bachelor in Paradise finale that were left on the cutting room floor. So that all can be seen on YouTube. You can go watch that video right now. But what I'm about to show you is Johnny, from his own words, explaining the heartbreak as he found out um, that it was true that Victoria had moved on with Greg Grippo. Have a listen. The story that everyone's talking about, the Bachelor in Paradise fallout after last night's finale between Johnny DiFilippo and one Victoria Fuller. She is now with Greg Grippo. They have matching chow tattoos. More like adios, if you ask me. <laughs> That's in different language, but it's still funny. And here's Johnny uh, telling all on the Almost Famous podcast. And boy, does he have his opinions, and so do his friends. One of his friends from the beach said that was clearly cheating. The fact she even tried to deny that is beyond me. A connection mentally or physically with someone else while in a committed relationship is cheating enough with all of that so here's johnny's full response he kind of talks about some of the reasons why he feels like the relationship hit its rough patches and discloses some information that might get us more accurate of a timeline that's what everyone wants to talk about is the timeline do me a favor hit the subscribe button so you can stay touch with me and my channel for future videos i appreciate all of you guys double check Make sure you're subscribed. If you've watched at least 10 of my videos and you're not subscribed, I'm personally asking you to hit the subscribe button. All right, let's have a listen to the preview that they posted on Instagram, and then we'll play a bunch of clips. Here we go, the first preview. I want to dive into the timeline now. She met my family, like, immediately after. Mm -hmm. The world knew me as, you know, being with Gabby, not being with Victoria, and that really hurt her. I had done a podcast for Bachelorette, and I think that may have been our first kind of big fight where I was talking about Gabby kind of past tense, but it felt really present to her. She thought a lot of the things I said to Gabby, I said to her. So at what point did you feel like the relationship wasn't going to last? Up until, you know, everything, the whole rumors and everything started, I thought like we were very much like keen on, on working things out. Did you guys have any happy couple weekends? All right, all right. Let's clear this up a little bit. Were there signs within this uh, leading up to that moment where you were starting to question the relationship or you were hoping it would end? I didn't think it was really necessarily over until she went to that party in LA. Which party? Which the party? Nick Vile's party, whenever Natalie's birthday was. Oh. But up until that point, I thought we were able to work on whatever it is we were doing. We were very wow. much still together. Wow. Okay. Well, let's just listen to the actual conversation, but that was a very good edit there. So I'm going to play multiple clips from their podcast, but of from course, if you want to listen to the full thing, it's always almost famous podcast um, with Johnny Filippo. So very interesting uh, to hear the full conversation, but let's jump right into the 20 minute mark and get this party started. Currently being aired. Yeah. Um, and I think she just felt like, you know, I wasn't as upfront with her as I should have been on the beach. And she, she, she thought a lot of the things I said to Gabby, I said to her. Mm. So I think that really threw her off. For sure. 
I think that was honestly one of our first big fights. Yeah, that happens. Been in that. Yeah, um, happens. You only it's have tough. It's tough. I I do, and I'm I'm like I I I try to put myself in their shoes, their shoes too, and you know. I would hate if my fiance was talking about someone else, you know, so highly, even though it was a show and all that, like it's still, we very much try to look at this as a real process and we're engaged now. We're going to get married. And it was the problem here though, is that Victoria's already been through this. She's already been on the bachelor. She should know that that relationship was finalized, but you know, it just go, it just humanizes Victoria and it says, all right, she was getting jealous when she saw Johnny talk about Gabby. She goes, well, I mean, Gosh, can you imagine this? You only have so many lines in the old arsenal. So can you imagine talking about your fiance and then your fiance being like, you used those same lines to a different woman three months ago. And you go, yeah, but I didn't know you three months ago. We were FaceTiming. We were making plans. You know, I, I had bought tickets to her house before that party, you know, like, and, and, and no point where I was like, oh, we're done. <clears throat> we were very much still together. We were just, and I think, the the main thing was like, are we gonna walk on that stage engaged? That's what that that whole thing was. Okay. So at no at no point was I like, we're not together anymore. I mean, it- this is similar to the Tino Franco situation where there was question about the timeline. Like, did Tino and Rachel call off their relationship or just their engagement? And Tino said, no, the relationship was still on. I cheated. Well, what we have here with Johnny Filippo is him saying, just because we ended the engagement doesn't mean we ended the relationship. So the question he's wondering is basically saying, she might not have cheated on me as an engaged person, but as a girlfriend, boyfriend, there was cheating or overlap of some sort. Don't say I love you to someone that you're not together. It's just no, I, I I don't think so. So end of August, and I know this is painful. This is like pulling teeth. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So I want to just cl- clear this up. I want to take some time here to make sure this all makes sense. Everybody listening. End of August, yeah. she goes to a party. You guys are talking up until that point. What happens yeah. then following the party? There's just no communication. It was just done. Just done. Well, just at yeah, so you- I went to I, I was I was in Arizona. Um, I was in Arizona with my family, and um, yeah, I like I said, I had tickets to go to Nashville for that week after she left LA. I was flying from Arizona to Nashville, and she was flying from LA to Nashville, and just even text got super dry. And then I got to her house, and I was just like, yeah, there's there's something up right now. I just kind of, I just knew it was over. Like when I got on that plane to leave Nashville, I was pretty much just like, this is probably goodbye. But you stayed for the weekend <clears throat> there yeah, with yeah. her. And yeah. And it just felt at that point, like yeah. it was already gone. Yeah. I was just like, this is not the same person I left the beach with. Wow. You know, this wasn't the same person three days ago. Mm. So Can we talk about the party? Kinda... He saw a goodbye in her eyes as the Zach Brown song says. I'm assuming the party. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I guess the the, the party is where she's seen with Greg. All right. So then they're going to get into this part of the party. Victoria Fuller was at the same party as Greg. And of course, this was Natalie's birthday party at Nick's house. Um, I definitely won't. But um, yeah, no, I I've, she, you know, truthfully told me about Greg and her uh, at Paradise, you know, and and. You know, Andrew and and all of them, they they know, you know, that her and Greg were talking prior. All right. So Gre- Johnny DiFilippo says Andrew knew 
that Greg and Victoria were talking prior. Andrew said today, I'm supposed to call out Greg for falling in love with them when they were single. Stop listening to people who have no idea what they are talking about. Um, uh, sorry, he said, I'm supposed to call him out for falling in love when both of them were single. So, you know, falling in love versus meeting, they're two different conversations. But so so now we know Johnny knows that Greg Grippo was in the picture during filming of Paradise. And um, I don't know what happened with him, but it didn't work out. And she came down to the beach. So um, when I saw them together and, you know, she stopped talking to me, that's when I was just like, I don't like this. You know, you get that gut feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, and then everything just kind of got confirmed after when rumors started surfacing. I hadn't told anyone about it. And I was just like, well, now there's rumors. And I had a gut feeling. So what the hell? Where do you turn in those moments, Johnny? Like, well, I mean, you're obviously, your mind's swirling. Chaos is oh, for sure. going around. Yeah. You're, you're probably thinking you're crazy because she's probably telling yeah. you nothing's going on. And you're for saying, sure. no, it feels like there is. And maybe I'm just, you know, going crazy here. Where, who have you leaned on? Oh, my mom. Yeah. My mom plays a huge factor, yeah. Um, my mom and, and, you know, I have some friends who are just, like, brothers to me. And my brothers, too, you know. I, I do have a good, like, kind of support team. But things like this, I try to keep as personal as possible until, you know, I know everything. But um, my mom's, like, my go-to. You know, we watched, and then you know, I tried to talk to the person, but obviously, you don't get you know the, the answers you want. So, so we remember when this news broke that Greg Rippo was in Rome. That's when Johnny DiFilippo found it all out. He posted that photo saying "unwell," so that all happened. It all came together at the same time. So this is when Johnny knew it was goodbye. She stopped talking to him. But so like we do we, we like like a lot of relationships, we might not just have a final you're fired moment. We might not have a final. This is when the relationship was over. It seems like he's still trying to work on it, but he's either getting the silent treatment. So it could be that in her mind, she has decided the relationship was over and he doesn't know that. And that's when she begins her relationship with Greg. Again, leave a comment because I don't know. From the time yeah. that you left Nashville to the reunion show, which was the first weekend yeah. of November. What mm-hmm. did, um, wh- did you speak at all in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> after I left Nashville, she kind of stopped, we, we stopped communicating and, um, she was, she was super busy. She had to do a bunch of work and she, so she was flying around a lot. And, um, right before she did all these trips i had called her and just said you need to kind of figure your stuff out because you're not texting me anymore and this is kind of making me go crazy you know sitting by your phone kind of waiting for someone to talk to you oh, and it's just worst. like i didn't like that feeling the especially worst. coming from you know where we were so i had kind of made the decision to just say hey like take the next couple of weeks work travel do whatever you got to do and figure your stuff out and and um you know i'll be in nashville middle of September and we can talk then, you know, it was my birthday. And, um, yeah. Were you going for her or were you just going for your birthday with friends? Um, it was like a mixture. I had friends out there and then, um, we had kind of agreed when I was in Nashville prior that I would, you know, spend my birthday with her in Nashville. So I thought I split it, but we just, 
like I said, we stopped talking. Heartbreaking. He can't he, communicate with her. So he's like, I'll be in Nashville for my birthday. And that's when they officially, officially break up. Now, let's get into the part where he learns the fate of the Rome finasco when he learns what actually went down in Rome. As we saw, we watched that and reported on it in, in live time. Graham, yeah. how did you feel when you first saw those photos? The, the uh, Rome photos. Sucked. I was at work and my buddy sent me a text and it was a video and he was like, dude, is Greg, cause we have a mutual friend. And he was like, dude, I think Greg's in Italy with Victoria. And I was like, nah, I can't be like, she's not in Italy. We have a reunion. And I didn't think it was Greg either, but I thought it was Johnny Filippo. I said, yeah, they look like it must be Johnny. And then when Johnny realized, I mean, if Johnny's in person, he goes, well, that ain't me. That has to be Greg. Go to, and we just talked like two days ago. And he was like, no, I think so. And I got like a text and then there's pictures. And I was like, all right, I'm not fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. You can't just both happen to run into each other in Rome. You know, yeah, it's not like yeah. And that's got to be a, a therapeutic moment for Johnny to go. I'm not crazy. I had an intuition and now I know it's true. Now the sort of recovery can begin for him yeah. like spotted at nick's house together where you could be like yeah. you could try to explain away I the situation try, yeah yeah you just don't end up in italy it's funny too because we kind of look alike so everyone was like it's johnny in italy it's johnny in italy thought, yeah. like, um, very much i was in miami that weekend yeah. and, and we thought well maybe johnny pretended to be in miami because he's trying to have a safe house visit in rome of course we quickly find out that that's not true after these from behind photos of Greg Grippo, it turned out to be full frontal of not full frontal, you know, but at least the face. There's a, there's an interesting <clears throat> thing that I think Victoria pointed to during the reunion that is true. And I want to get your opinion yeah. on it. She said, you know, how for soon sure. is too soon to move on? It's a question we've asked ourselves yeah. on this podcast for years. There's two mm-hmm. sides of that. And to add to that, uh, not similar in nature, a little bit similar in, in my experience. Yeah. The sooner the band-aid gets ripped off, like you kind of hold yeah. on to this idea and this ideal of what was there and what was yeah. happening, even though everything maybe kind of sooner you can get out, it's better. Yeah. It's it wasn't thing. like I wasn't just looming at the bottom. Yeah. It was like I finally hit I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew something was happening and mm-hmm. it's just like I can finally Breathe. move the fuck on. Yeah. I'm not worried about I you know I'm not wondering. I don't we don't have to have these talks anymore. I don't have to ask you if you're with him. Like, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And there it is, folks. Johnny Filippo is done. And so is this episode. Let me know what you thought about all that. Hit me up on Instagram at dneals and also a link in the comment section, link in the description for tickets to my stand-up shows and uh, Patreon and all the other ways you can stay in touch. Free mailing list if you want you know, to uh, know when I'm in your town for different shows. Uh, click on the link tree. It's linktree.com slash Dave Neal, and you'll get all that information. We will have a little special episode tomorrow on Thanksgiving if you're traveling with your family or whatever. I promise we'll keep it PG. So if you want to stick around, we'll have another one tomorrow. But thank you so much for being a part of Daily Podcast. This has been Bachelor Rush Hour, and I've been Dave Neal. Bye, everybody.